Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. We try and get to all the news as we can. And uh, sometimes it, it comes uh, across as an educational segment, at least for me. I, I, my, maybe you guys have a better grasp of some world issues than I do. Could very well be true. Um, but we're going to talk about a, a story that's making news uh, uh, literally on the other side of the globe. But sometimes these stories that are taking place on the other side of the globe end up arriving on our doorstep eventually. I don't know if this one has the potential to do that or not. I honestly don't. Um, but right now, you've probably heard about what's going on in Niger, in West Africa. Uh, a coup took place there last week. Um, the entire region is now on high alert. France announcing this morning that they're preparing to evacuate French and European nationals from the country, telling them pack a small bag and nothing more than a small bag and get ready to get out. Um, there's been violence targeting the French embassy in the country, and that's one of the reasons they're saying we're just not going to put this uh, any longer. We're, we're going to get our people out and we're going to get other Europeans out. Uh, the crisis uh, appears to be spiraling, and, and that's part of the concern. Um, the president has been placed under house arrest. So let's find out what's going on, how we got here, and where it might go. And to help us get some understanding of the situation, we have Chris Roberts with us. Um, Chris teaches African politics and international relations at the University of Calgary. He is a fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute and president of African Access Consulting. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time today. Good morning, Shay. Yeah, it's uh, certainly spiraling. That was the right. Uh, that was yeah. the right description of what's going on. Yeah, it seems like new developments almost hourly here at this point. But let's go back to the beginning. The, the coup. Uh, what happened? Who was it behind? Who was behind it? Who carried it out? Uh, just give us sort of a breakdown of how we got to this point. Yeah, so it was only about five days ago. Um, the democratically elected president, President Bazoum on, uh, I think it was Thursday, you know, with the time change, but I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday, was placed under house arrest by one element of his armed forces, the Presidential Guard. At that point, it was not clear if the entire armed forces of Niger were going to support the coup. But over the next 24 hours, it, they did seem to all sort of stand behind this, um, this move. And, and the justification are, are threefold. One is, um, there's been a lack of security in the country, of which the armed forces feel they are not being supported properly to do it by the, by the civilian president, uh, that the economy itself is, is having some issues, and that there is too much foreign interference in, in, the, in the country. So just quickly, I mean, this was a, a democratic, democratically elected president who uh, is in a transitional economy. Niger is one of the poorest countries of the, in the world. Yeah. And in 2021, that was the first time since independence in 1960 that the government, at least the presidency, had changed office peacefully. First time since 1960? Yeah. Niger has a long history of uh, military coups in the 1960s, 1970s, even up till the 1990s, and the last coup in Niger was in 2010. But the coup in 2010 actually removed a civilian president who was threatening to stay in power too long. So that 
that military coup quickly transitioned the country back towards a democratic pathway. Okay. This military coup is actually undoing some of the, let's say, the uh, some minimal, right, minimal progress over the last uh, few years. And this is the concern. Uh, and we'll get back to Niger in a second. But first, you, you mentioned the coups. I was doing some reading yesterday, and I was shocked to find out that in Central Africa, there's been nine of them in the last three years. Four of the national governments are, in fact, you know, victorious coups, if you want to call them that. But, I mean, this is nothing new in this part of the world, right? Well, yeah. So during the Cold War, right, coups, unconstitutional changes of government were the, ended up becoming the standard way to change governments across Africa because there was no free elections, there was not multi-party politics, so that was pretty common, 60s, 70s, 80s. The coup, the coup trend really started to decline in the 1990s, 2000s, so people were thinking that even in West Africa, the home of the, the, you know, the, the, the African coup, that this was declining. And and in the last five years, as you mentioned, in the last five years, between coup attempts and actual coups, we've had multiple changes of government in West Africa. But if you consider Sudan and Chad as a kind of a coup, right through to the coast Guinea, from the Red Sea to the Atlantic Ocean, you now have a chain of countries where there has been an unconstitutional change of government or, or more than one in the last, like you said, last three years. Okay. Yeah. Unbelievable for people in this part of the world to try and wrap your head around that. But like you say, it it is commonplace in that part of the world. Now, back to Niger. Where is the support of the people? Uh, Who who are they backing? Is it the president who's now under house arrest? Or do the military leaders who, who staged the coup, do they have the support of the populace? Well, this is what we have to understand is that oftentimes the military isn't moving on their own behalf, right? That they're not purely uh, self-interested actors. That they will often have a sense that there are elements of the population that are upset with the contemporary governments. So President Bazoum, even though he was a new president only in 2021, he was still part of the ruling party, which had been in power for the previous 11 years. And Niger, as I mentioned, is still one of the poorest countries in the world. And... uh, and, and governments, when they're in power for too long, as we all know everywhere, they sometimes get a little bit complacent. People start worrying about corruption. They start worrying about, are they just looking after themselves and not the average person? So in Niger, as in uh, Burkina Faso, Guinea, um, uh, Mali, there are usually large chunks of the population which are supportive, most recently, of the military coups. The issue right now is we don't know for sure the overall standing of the Nigerian people behind Bazoom because uh, the capital city is where all the media coverage is, and that's really that's always been an opposition stronghold. Bazoom is actually from the other far side of the country, the first Arab Nigerian to ever lead the country, and so we don't know in other parts of the country how much people are, are supportive of him or are actually supportive of the coup. But in Naimi, in the capital, there's uh, considerable support apparently for the, uh, the the coup makers um some of the some of the supporters that i've seen in the streets that seem to be supporting uh the military leaders were carrying russian flags what does that have any is russia involved here in any way or why would they be doing that okay so there's Russia was not involved in this coup. This is purely about domestic political dynamics. Okay. The, pro- the issue, though, with Niger is, uh, from my perspective, this coup has triggered local, regional, and international dynamics 
like no African coup has done since way back in the 50s with, let's say, Nasser in Egypt or Gaddafi in Libya. Because now we have this, there is an, a, a big anti-Western, but particularly anti-French sentiment across West Africa. These are ex-French colonies. They're upset with France. Russia has done a really good job of, of building on that, You're using propaganda, using social media, but building on this anti-imperialism, anti-Western propaganda, so that you do have uh, support, again, not everywhere, right? But you do have growing support or, or recognition that maybe Russia offers an alternative to France and the West in terms of development, in terms of security. And so you have Mali and Burkina Faso, where the Wagner Group is already present. They are not present yet in Niger, but there are worries that if the military regime is pushed too hard, they will invite, via their other military friends in Mali and Burkina Faso, Wagner into the country. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's something to watch closely. The other thing, the block of West African nations that came out yesterday and said, listen, you got a week, sort this out, get him back in power, or we'll step in and we'll use force if we have to. Um, how significant is that? How scary is that? What could that lead to? Well, this regional organization, ECOWAS, is supposed to not, is supposed to really not allow coups in this region over the last 20 years. And yet, because we've had such a number of coups which have not been um, forcibly or even majorly challenged, other than some sanctions, we've, we've had this sort of almost a coup contagion, where now you're going to try and lay down the law on Niger, and yet you didn't do it with Burkina Faso, you didn't do it with Mali, mm-hmm. you didn't do it with Guinea. So, so it seems like a bit of a double standard. However, in this case, because of these dynamics, because Nigeria, as the largest player in ECOWAS, is its entire northern border is Niger, it is absolutely worried about a declining security environment. So Nigeria is concerned, and Nigeria, I think, is serious about trying to get uh, Bezum released from house arrest, get the transition, get a transition back to civilian government. Uh, and I'm not convinced that, that Nigeria would not necessarily use force in this case eventually. I think the seven days might be, there might be some pushback on that. The African yeah. Union has asked 15 days, so there's not even coordination there. But given the, the French presence, France, as you mentioned, France is evacuating. The Americans have the largest overseas drone base they've ever built in the middle of Niger. Um, and the Nigerian concerns, this is what... This is why I think the local, the, the, the regional, and the international dynamics could really spin this out of controls if, it, if it's not handled carefully. Boy, okay, something to watch then. Chris, uh, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for, uh, well, for the lesson, really, to be honest. I do appreciate it very much. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Jay. Have a good day.